Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 2nd, 2017. I hope you're all getting good weather because where I am at the top of a, a jet stream where it loops, uh, this is where they dump the heavy geoengineering sprays on and it has been pouring rain here for about two weeks solid now which is reminiscent of a few years back, we had it two or three years in a row, and all the trees start just dying off with fungus, and so do the people. And uh, this is, the, this is the, the geoengineering future for all of us. Of course, they say they're not doing it, even when the proponents for all uh, universities, uh, who have all shares, by the way, the proponents in all the companies that, are to, uh, that have to do with the, the spraying, they have big shares in the chemicals and everything else in the whole industry, that they pretend they're not doing it, or they're only doing it on an experimental basis, which is daily, of course, across a good part of the planet since 1998. But uh, there are even new documentaries coming out all the time with very good clips within them from other documentaries. They all borrow from each other, and they, they show you these characters talking about what they, they plan to do and how they even want to put sulfuric, not as particles, but even acid in the atmosphere. And uh, and it'll kill a certain amount of people off, millions maybe, but that's acceptable, etc., etc. We really are living in a a fantasia time where everything has been carefully worked out by the psychologists and behaviorists and how to put things across to the public until the public themselves will switch off and think, well, they'll never ever do that, even when they're doing it. And that's how they do things in this day and age. It's all worked out through testing in little focus groups and, and other, other means and other ways, etc., other topics even, to see how they react to things. And they know exactly how to treat the public, where legally they can inform them of something. And it's even easier when the public won't use their own eyes or their own uh, and accept what their eyes are seeing. They won't do it, you see. They have to be told what they're supposed to see. And they've been trained that way. And it's rather sad and tragic because when you think about it, everything that's happening in life today is carefully worked out. Again, by teams and teams of psychologists, neuroscientists, and, and debating groups and round table groups on every part of the whatever problem they, they claim that they've got. And right down to how they put it across onto the people without the people reacting in what they call a negative way, meaning a natural way. <laughs> they don't want that, for goodness sake. Not when you have all these big plans to fulfill. And remember, we're living in a new age today. This is the new age. It's the age where the corporations and the big professional groups that work for the corporations in this global body of philanthropists and foundations and so on, the ones that really put your governments into power, we live in an age where they make all the big decisions and they plan the future. Heaven help us if the public themselves drifted along doing what they wanted to do. That can't be allowed at any cost. It must be, must be planned and the people must be herded into it. They actually use articles now from the Canadian government saying they'll use the carrot and stick method. No, a stick is something you beat the animals with. These are the terms they actually use amongst themselves. And they're so used to doing it, they're even seeing it in front of the public now to get us off the road and things like that, and, to, and, and crowded into our Agenda 21 communities. So this is what it's all about. We're living in a, a system of pretty well total control, and the media itself is a big, big part, naturally, 
off the control. They'll tell you little bits and pieces uh, that really don't matter about things. They'll never tell you the whole truth about anything, any one thing that really does matter. And often they won't tell you about it at all, or they'll deny it, or they'll ridicule it. And that's the standard technique of managing the population. The whole idea of the system that you're in, drawing in the reins as to your travel. Can you travel? Can you not travel? You certainly won't be allowed to have a car shortly. Or they'll give you a few folk electric cars for a little while. And then, of course, they won't be economically feasible for most folk. And it'll die away over a, a certain amount of years. And that's how they work it out. And the rest of the folk will be already moved into the cities by then. And it's easy enough to retrain them into getting, well, actually stay in poop and probably having stuff delivered to their areas or streets or something like that in the true socialist-run system. I've mentioned for years and years and years that the system we're living under is run by, at the top, the money boys, the multi-trillionaires, and all in a descending order downwards into the multi-billionaires. And below them they have corporations and CEO boys as well, all on board with them. And they have the academia, all the top professors and all different branches of nonsense as they try to convince us why we should live in different ways and different styles and all the rest of it. In other words, the patriarchal type that tell us what's good for us, because we don't know, obviously, what's good for us ourselves. So you, you need professors to tell you what's good for you. We manage fine for thousands or maybe even millions of years, but, but no, now you need these guys to tell you how to live. And that's the trick of all, because it's conology, the art of conning billions of people. And it's much easier to con folk when you use the tricks and the verbiage of science. Very easy. For instance, it's like the snake oil guy. The snake oil guy in the old wagon rolls into town and he brings out a barrel and a ladle and empty bottles and he starts filling up bottles to sell this quack cure to made of snake venom and battery acid and God knows what else. And if he said, I'm going to give you battery acid and a snake venom in it and it might cure you, uh, would you buy it? No, it tells you a lot of nonsense. You're mixing some scientific terms into it. And before you know it, you're, you're enthralled by it. This guy knows what he's talking about because I don't understand a thing he's saying. It must be true. And you buy the stuff and next thing you know, you're you're, uh, <laughs> you don't need to buy anything anymore ever again. And <laughs> that's the trick of it all, isn't it? Is to con you with verbiage. If something isn't straightforward and simple for the average person to understand, it's a con. It's the same with economics. Why on earth they have to get degrees in economics, I have no idea. Because in reality... I think everyone can add and subtract and multiply and all the rest of it. Everyone can tally up IOUs, etc. It's not difficult. The whole art of kind of, I mean, the whole idea of economics is a farce anyway. Because if they could predict what was going to happen, etc., etc., how come we always have these crashes? How come the big bankers always loot us at least twice a century and often more with many, many plunders? And these guys never see it coming. They just never see it coming. It's quite amazing, isn't it? And then at the end of a, a bail-in or a bailout for the for the big big bankers, 
a year passes or, or under a year, and they're, they're already giving themselves million, multi-million dollar bonuses after the public just bailed them out. And we and then we accept it. What's wrong with us? Eh? What's wrong with us? It's because you're trained that all of it's just too complicated for you to understand. That's what you're taught. And that's the only way that the big trick of power over everybody can actually ever work, in fact. It's the same kind of trick. It's all done with tricks. And first you must always create a naive population within your country. Now they're going global, of course, and they have worldwide educational systems going through the United Nations and UNESCO and so on to make sure they get a standardized global very naive people who believe everything they're told and who are trained to believe that all these professionals at the UN are really that. They're professionals. They're, you're not professional, so do what you're told for goodness sake. And and don't live there and don't heat yourself in the winter. It's bad for the planet. Freeze to death and be a good citizen. That's the proof. And things like that. Well, the big corporate boys at the top that work with the United Nations are making money off carbon credits that they trade within, amongst each other. And so on and so on. It's all conology. Power can never just steal what it wants without big armies turned loose upon the populations. And even the populations eventually have to stand up against it when armies are used against them in the past. That's the history of humankind, isn't it? And it's only so long that big dictators or emperors can keep that going. Because eventually their armies too get worn down with people fighting back. So so what they do is they create what is called governments. And then they train the people that it's their governments that represent them. And they make sure that the people will believe that. That's our government. They're public servants, that's why they call them public servants. And you all believe that, because you're trained to believe that. And these public servants live better than all of you do. You're the guys that pay them all. It's quite fascinating, and they don't even get their hands dirty or anything. It's quite amazing, that, isn't it? And country after country's been conned into this belief that these governments are all representing them. Is they sign their rights away as they work with the big corporations to make sure you get your poisoned food with all the chemicals in it and the GM foods and the pesticides, etc. And they, they, they always use, again, like the snake oil guy. For instance, that's a good example. Oh, we've got to, we've got to, says the big, the big GM food boys and chemical industry. We've, we've got to use all these pesticides and use GM plants because we're going to feed the world. Well, you see, well, in that case, where's your world government? They can take that case to. Because why is it Canada's job now to feed the whole world? Why is it the US's job to feed the whole Why can't the other different countries feed themselves? In other words, it's an excuse to use their chemicals and their GMs. They're not allowed to feed the world. They'd love to have the, have the only contract to feed the world. But that's not our job to do that. And your governments are supposed to be looking after you and your own country, first and foremost, not selling, making sure you're going to eat poisoned food. And you can't keep on eating poisoned food or poisoned anything for that matter. 
you're going to suffer for it. Of course you are. I can remember back in 2001, two and onwards, I read the articles on the air at times about the GM food. And it was when Tony Blair was in as Prime Minister of Britain, and he was trying to ram the GM food on behalf of his masters, naturally, which of course are not the, the voters, <laughs> but to ram GM food on all the people and the population. And it, it broke out during the, the big backlash he got in Britain from different groups, when, when they actually had groups back then that fought against globalism and the big corporations, but now their leaders all work for them, they're all on board with them. <laughs> and their followers don't notice that the leaders are going off in different directions. But anyway, that's another story. But Tony Blair was shouted down at the time for wanting to introduce that stuff into Britain on behalf of, say, the big chemical boys that, that run the GM food industry. But it broke out from what happened in Britain that someone in Britain who knew their staff warned Canadians that Canadians have been eating this stuff for over 10 years and their government hadn't told them. Because the government that eventually broke out after this, it had to come out, the government of Canada had signed secret deals with the big GM food companies and pesticide companies to test the stuff in the vegetables and sell it to Canadians across the country without telling the Canadians. And of course, Canada would study the health effects, which they knew would come from all, and they could work on that too. What's interesting is that Canada did go into a little bit of uh, <laughs> delayed uh, shock, I suppose, pulling out ridiculous little stories, trying to cover the fact of what they've been up to. But there's no apologies. Why would you keep voting for... And I don't care whether it's left-wing, right-wing, or whatever. It's nonsense, left and right-wing. They all are funded by the same big boys at the top. You know that yourselves. And that's who their bosses are. I've read so many articles from the big boys themselves, the CFR and Carol Quigley and all the rest of it, of how they're all picked and pre-picked before they're elected and not picked by the public either. And they'll do the biddings of their masters. Of course they do. Can you imagine that all people in Canada were the human guinea pigs for this stuff that uses incredible toxic poisons like the Roundup and all the rest of it, which is poured on this stuff today. that kills everything off in the fields except that particular product. Isn't that fantastic? Turning around all the court cases over the years of farmers losing their farms, literally, because somebody else, like Monsanto's stuff, had, had wafted across their seed, had wafted in their fields, and they had a few of that in their fields. And the government of Canada, like the judge system, the legal system, naturally, stood up for the, the guys who owned uh, the patents on it all. And people with Keep prattling this rubbish that you're free and you live in an honest, righteous democracy, whatever that means. Aye. Why would you vote for governments which agree to secretly poison you and test you 
It's quite something, isn't it? Uh, you understand that even in, in blind studies and that, where they experiment with different different chemicals and even medicines on people who are volunteers, but they get paid for it. They do get paid for it. But the, the people in Canada got paid nothing. They didn't even have the courtesy of telling the people of Canada the truth. Oh, by the way, we're poisoning you for big corporations. And then they come around and say, well, you see, we had to do it. We had to do it. Because eventually we'll have to feed the world. Well, where does it say in any of your constitutions or, or, or your reasons for existing or your corporate charters you have got to feed the world? Private business is private business. The government is not supposed to be in the private business here. Or telling the people in the country that these private businesses have got to feed the world. Now, if they want to feed the world, let them do their own salesmanship across the planet. And if they want to do that, there's no reason that, that we should be poisoned in our own countries, either, for that matter. But most folk today will accept it, because that's what happens. People adapt very quickly to whatever it happens to be, and they go along with it. They still believe that, oh, they, they wouldn't do that. They'd never sell anything to us that harmed us. They wouldn't, they'd never do that. And I won't go into the stacks of stuff that's been done in the past in many countries, by big corporations in collusion with government and what's been covered up because that would take forever. But that's how the people are. They'd still, they still want to believe, oh, they'd never, they'd never give us anything that would harm us. Well, as I say, back back then, years ago, I gave talks on it. I'll still be on my website, actually, cuttingthroughmatrix.com, where I read from the, the papers at the time when it was when the Canadians found out Inadvertently, only in, from another country that they were the, the test subjects for all this until the Canada got in the act and got their favourite uh, spokesman, the front man, out the, the far left wealthy guy, Suzuki, to come out and tell the Canadians it was okay to eat it. You know, I mean, you can trust someone who who likes furry animals. He doesn't like people. At most folk anyway, he called them maggots, by the way. But that's okay. That's okay. It's fascinating, isn't it, really, how folk are trained to believe the con men in, that, that's put out there is, is uh, supposedly intelligent and they, they kind of represent you, although you never vote for them either, and and get used to them. It was the same with Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau was the same as Dave Suzuki, basically. Cousteau wanted to, to, to depopulate the planet fast. He mentioned some, some horrendous figure, like 400,000 people a, a day at one point or a week to save the world. There wouldn't be anybody he knew, naturally, because they, they live in, they're a special bred bunch of people, you know. It's all you lesser folk that have to die off. And that's the prevailing agenda today across the planet, with all of the elite and the Bill Gates, etc., you go into them all and you find you're there or, or their parents or whatever have been involved in, in, in Planned Parenthood and depopulating abortions and blah, blah, for all of you, etc. These are the same people going way back to H.G. Wells' day and, and, and then the Cold Springs Harbor experiments in the States to do with eugenics, big time. Where they, they talked about not just sterilizing the unfit, as they called them, but uh, the right of the elite, the ones who had amassed fortunes, etc., 
to have many, many children by various women. And of course the Nazis picked up on that and gave it a bad name. So they just went quiet on it for a little while, but kept pushing the idea still. And it's all back in vogue again. Back in vogue. They never stopped what they planned a long, long time ago. Long time ago. Nothing changes. And it's good to hear other people always going through my archives and using it on the air, actually. Like diet injections and injunctions, as, as Russell said. Better than Russell. That's how they bring down the population. Diet injections and injunctions. Nothing's changed. I mean, here's an article. Unfortunately, it's a more recent one. More recent is 2012, as opposed to the other ones I've got in my uh, archive section at cuttingthroughmage.com that happened at the time. But here's one here. It says, how Canadians became mice in a GMO study. This is about the food. Again, it's a, a later one, but it talks about the study revealed, and I've got the study here too, and it's foodconsumer.org, revealed that genetically modified organisms was a serious threat to our health. For the first time ever, lab tests have been conducted over the full life cycle of mice. For years, that is. Actually, they used lots of other animals as well, and we're the best ones of all. We're people. But this one doesn't really touch so much on the fact that they tricked the people. They're basically saying they became mice in a GMO study. Well, I'm, I'm talking about something bigger than a study. It's went on for 10 years before it broke from Britain that we'd been eating this stuff for 10 years in, in Canada, across the country. So back to this article here, and this is the mice study. This is a much more recent one. It's, it's only 2012. It says we have, uh, as it's insufficient to know, the pervasive impacts of GMO consumption. In the new study, not only was the death incidence of mice who were fed GMO corn alarmingly higher than the control group, these mice were also afflicted by a panoply of diseases from mammary tumours for female mice as breast tumours to severe liver and kidney dysfunctions for male mice. The new evidence represents the highest, reddest, and biggest flag raised to this day concerning the premature introduction of GMOs in our environment. That's before solid scientific backing was obtained. Among the obvious... Uh, actually, this stuff is very old, even, even with the, the modified soya, which is one of the earlier ones to do, that had a lot worse things happening than that. So anyway, it says, uh, for us Canadians in particular, that it lies the fact that one of the GMO crops used... During the study, uh, the Monsanto NK603 has been allowed in the Canadian food system by Health Canada since 2001. For almost 12 years now, this crop and a fair amount of other GM food have been making their way through the maze of our food processing systems, with corn derivatives having become uh, the ingredients of predilection in almost all processed food. Very few corn or stones of modern food system remain untouched by the findings of the study. The way GMOs have crept into the food chain is quite baffling. I mean, you'd think that integrating a foreign body into our food without having carried out the most reasonable extensive studies common sense can buy would raise at least a little concern from the government. Well, there's no concern at all. This was all done in secret. But there's many other things that were, t- that were given us too. Many countries of the European Union are GMO-free zones. Remember, when talking about GMOs, we're not talking about the good old selection techniques that saved us from starvation and allowed us to march on the evolution path. 
In a sensible word, even dreaming of playing God with the most essential elements of our human survival would result in the generous backhand of hopes, snatching the delusional dreamer out of his days. But sadly, the truth is that we're actually living this corporately induced nightmare where bad turns to worse and where uh, cherished memories of governments willing to go to bat for us get blurrier by the minutes. Well, they never batted for us at all, not in the least. And that's just the beginning of it all. But this article goes on to talk about, should we be concerned about this, etc., where, where your food's been grown by the same company and managed by the same company and chemicals that produced Agent Orange. You see, it's, it's the military-industrial complex that makes your food. And the big chemical companies are part of that. I mean, most uh, of the, the chemicals used for fertilizers today all, were all spillovers from the military campaigns of World War Two, especially. And they, they could grow their nitrogen, basically, take it from the air, and they'd all the surplus afterwards. And even your lacquer that's used as a, a varnish substitute everywhere today is close to, uh, it's actually an explosive. It was from the military, a, a nitrate-type explosive. But here you are, the same companies that have the big chemical, ice, you know, the chemical industry, making your pesticides for the food. And I read the articles too for years, where you couldn't, no, no independent company was allowed to test them, because the government had worked out the deals with these companies, these private companies that made the GM foods and so on, and the chemicals that go with them, that must go with them, supposedly, that no one, the government would back them, that no one would be able to test them independently. So all the findings that came from the companies that produced them went down as the facts. Oh, and it's harmless to this, harmless to that, blah, 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 from the companies themselves. That hasn't changed. Hasn't changed. Guarantee you, I mean, all the big boys, including the ones at Monsanto, they don't eat this stuff themselves. I've read the articles to myself, and you can go into the archive section again, cuttingthroughmedics.com, where the companies in, in the States, the US, where the big labs were for Monsanto, they brought in caterers for their own staff who only served them organic foods because they wouldn't touch the stuff they made themselves. What does that tell you? that tell you? And of course, they jack up the price of what was normal food. Normal food is now called organic. That's normal food. To buy the pesticide stuff, they make it a little cheaper to start with. Not that much, mind you. And now it's a lot more expensive than than it used to be, too, in in just a few years. I've read articles as well, just lately, where Canada's allowed the, the foodstuffs to be jacked up again, very quickly. Not long after the last big increase, as they bring you into austerity, etc. Agenda 21, sustainable development goals, etc., etc., etc. Ad nauseum. <laughs> you get sick talking about it. I do. But it's, it's everything because it's a total control mechanism for your life, for your children's lives, and for their children's, if they're going to have any at all. If they're not all sterile by then, for their lives too. And turn another thing too, what the parents don't object to, the children generally never will, never will. 
Now, it's no coincidence. The sterility, too, is really increasing in the Western world. The big mystery, they say. The big mystery. There's no mystery what happens to the domesticated animals. That's us. The farmers at the top, the ones who own us all, believe you me, if they're not behind it, they'd find out about it. They'd get in right away and stop it. When they don't stop it, they're behind it. <laughs> I'll also put up tonight uh, an article, again, uh, to do with food, uh, GM food, and to show you how it works in Canada, which is much the same across the rest of the world. Because these big corporations have have labs across the planet, generally under the same names, but sometimes they'll change the name for different countries. But this article talks about novel food decisions for new foods or new variations of the same food. It says these decisions are communicated with a food directorate, this is the law, opinion that no objection is taken to the use of the subject product as food in Canada. It doesn't say, of course, naturally, who's going to object. If the public object, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it says, each food directorate opinion is based upon the comprehensive review of information submitted by the proponent, I mean the maker, <laughs> according to the guidelines for the safety assessment of Novel Foods Health Canada 1994 Act. And this page has dozens of the chemical companies and so on in the foods that have these tremendous chemical tampering with, etc. And it's just astonishing, even down to toddler foods for children and stuff from Abbott Laboratories Limited at the top of the list and lutein and toddler foods, acrylamide, reducing baker's yeast by Renaissance Bioscience Corporation. This is your food, mate. The guys do your food. It's all chemical companies and laboratories. Herbicide-tolerant and insect-protected corn event, MZIRO98. It could be 1RO, who knows? 98, that's Syngenta, Canada, Inc. And a whole list, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of them on this one page here. And they're into everything. It's everything pretty well you eat. Uh, it's just astonishing what they're, what they're up to. And all kinds of insect-resistant soy, of course, as Monsanto 87751, etc. But it's just astonishing. It truly is astonishing what they're into. It's everything. Into everything, yeah. Even eggs pasteurized by in-shell heat treatment, except by natural pasteurized eggs, Inc., Incorporated. Everything. And and all, everything's been t- altered in the GM line, the, the modified gene line, to tolerate all these different poisons that they grow in the vegetables. Lots of, I've got a few much on the soybean types. And the different tolerant maize events, etc. They call it invents, 4114. Even high-pressure processing treated raw ground beef, another chemical company too. I know that they're also putting different viruses on the cold cuts, by the way. I've been doing that for years, and I used to read the articles from the suppliers themselves when it all happened. Just astonishing, isn't it? And, of course, the herbicide-tolerant canola lines, Pioneer Hybrid International, uh, Dow Agrosciences Canada, that's Dow Chemical, 
for herbicide tolerant corn. On and on it goes. Just, just, and you wonder, you wonder why we've got so many problems. Eh? And again, I've read too many articles over the years on the problems we get from all of this kind of thing. And then we'll go into this article here. And again, it's how the public are always prepared. You understand the public's always prepared for it, the big changes that have to come. And they're actually underway, naturally. But big changes. It's the same when they, they want to train children to be promiscuous way back in the 60s. They had a lot of training through the massive culture industry, the music, and it all bang, bang, bang at the same time. So everything seemed quite natural to them going through it all. And that's what you must always do. Train your victim for the society you've planned to come into being. It takes planning for this to happen. One in two Canadians will get cancer from the Cancer Society. It's released again through the Canadian press, etc. It'll be from the authorities themselves. I don't see a name on the person who wrote it. It might be Natalie Holdway, CBC, but it might be a handout too. It's got to be a handout, you see. But uh, has uh, almost one in every two Canadians expect to be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime, and one in four Canadians will die from the disease, a new report by the Canadian Cancer Society predicts. And everything's down pat, how, how the public have to be taught how this is all true and why it's true. And it says, currently every year we're seeing an increase in the number of cancer cases in Canada by Dr. Leah Smith, the Canadian Cancer Society. And in 2017, an estimated 206,000 touring Canadians were diagnosed with some form of cancer, and an estimated 80,800 will succumb to their malignancy, making cancer the leading cause of death in Canada. Currently, every year we're seeing an increase in the number of cancer cases, and it says, this is a reflection of the growing and aging population. So, here you, you have it. It's a growing population. Now, most of the, the, the growing population are for, for people coming into the country because supposedly your domestic populations are not have enough children. So, and, and I've been using this aging population for as long as I've been alive, even from being a toddler. Uh, they've always said, oh, it's because of the aging population. You're, you're going to have all these problems. It's always been the same excuse. And it says about 90% of all cancers that we expect to be diagnosed in 2007 were amongst Canadians of 50 years of age and older. Now, that's not quite true because if you look at all the statistics to do with cancers of the young and cerebral tumours, etc., they're skyrocketing. And so many people are getting cancers, by the way, off, off the alimentary track, the gastrointestinal tract, because they're getting cancers of something that's coming into their body. What could it be now? What do we do when we eat things? And that? What's all of, what could be causing something like that? I wonder what it is. Hmm. But you must get a professional to tell you that you're wrong when you think things like that. That's what they do. They always pull something out of the bag. Who poo-poo it. <laughs> Then again, you have a double-speak. So mortality rates declined over the past 30 years. Hmm? Despite the, the projection that cancer will cause the deaths of one in four Canadians. Can, now this is one in four. There's another article that was released at the same time that says one in two. 
But uh, it goes on and on and on, and they, they go back and forth with, with, their, with their disinformation and how the pancreatic cancer, too, uh, is, is a hard one to treat, etc., and that seems to be increasing as well. But again, that's attached to the common bile duct, actually. When one gets inflamed, the other, one, the, the other gland gets inflamed, too. The pancreas gets inflamed when you're... When you're uh, Bile, uh, basically the gallbladder is is inflamed too, and everything comes. Everything, remember your your liver breaks everything down that you take into your body. Any any chemical of any kind, your your liver has to break it down to be excreted, and it gets overworked as well. And a lot of the stuff spills over into the into the bile that it produces as well, and that goes down into common bile ducts. And the inflammation starts, and then the, 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 you find that the pancreatic uh, problems come up as well. And the pancreas doesn't like to be have any inflammation at all. It just doesn't handle it well at all. So you have this one here. Again, a handout, basically, as far as you can see. It's just it's in preparation for what's already happening. Getting back to the, the GM food with the heavy pesticides in them, they know darn well what the pesticides cause. And it's no coincidence that some of the milder proton pump inhibitors, as they call them, for stomach problems and, and acid, to reduce acid in the stomach, they used to be, always be prescription, like the Zantac range, things like that. But suddenly we're on the, the shelves in Canada, over the counter, no prescription needed. There'd always been prescriptions before. And what's the reason for that? Well, it's because suddenly people get all kinds of stomach problems. Men and women. Age group are relevant to stomach problems. What's, called, what's changed in society to give you these stomach problems? Well, it's obvious what's changed, isn't it? We don't need a rocket scientist to tell us why it's happening. We don't need that. We know. But you'll never get admission. Never get admission. You will never do. The first law in government is never tell the public the truth about anything. That's just... And I really mean that. I really mean that. You're never going to be told, especially the whole truth about any particular thing. And, and many things you'll never get told about at all. Never get told them. Never. Ever. Won't happen. But that's the world we're living in today. It's quite amazing. So as I say, I'll put the list, <laughs> it's probably a partial list, no doubt, of the chemicals that you're eating commonly in all your foods now because the companies put it forward in your health agencies that you think you've been trained to believe they're there to help you automatically pass them on the findings of the company that made them, <laughs> made this stuff. <laughs> But uh, it's quite amazing. Yeah. I mean, you, you get things like dicamba and glyphosinate-tolerant cotton from Monsanto. Eh? It's, isn't it time they made something uh, tolerant for humans, that we can be tolerant against all this poison here? Hmm? That would be the last thing they'd think of. And that's why, by the way, they know the population is going to plummet up to the year 2050, according to the, the Ministry of Defence from Britain. But also is the same think tank that that not only does the MOD for Britain, but it also does uh, NATO as well. 
that's what they say is everything's going to suddenly topple about 2050, just suddenly plummet. How do they know that? Well, what do you expect, folks? They know what's going to, <laughs> as folk die off, they know that diseases are going to die off with, etc., and the speed of it all. And they know that infertility in the West is everything else is supposedly plummeting, it's skyrocketing. It's a big mystery, they say, but they're not going to bother to find out why. Because, as I say, your farmer at the top knows why. The guys who farm us all, they know. And as if they didn't know, the, f- the big farmer at the top has to find out what's happening to his, to, his, to his cattle. And that's us. But since there's no fuss about it, it going sterile, they know. They know what's causing it. And it's intentional. Overpopulation. Overpopulation, that's the big mantra since nineteen early 1900s. Actually, before that, into the 1800s. They were prattling about it then. The agency it morphed into one of the well-known agencies today, from Thomas Malthus in the 1800s. Still on the go today. Depopulate, depopulate. Too many of them, you know, them, all, all the little people. <laughs> Doesn't change. Nothing changes, you know. And you can count on it. I've always said that when when they come up with some big push and they sign international documents, etc., with China and other countries about depopulation, how do you think they're going to achieve it? Just say, please don't have any children, and then they bring all the different ones into your country. Say, well, there's not enough of you to bring them in. Well, which one is it here? Make your mind up. If you're being good, you produce no children at all. I mean, would that make them happy? No, it doesn't. They want to bring other people in. So everything they're telling you is a con. When things don't make sense, logically, there's a big con going on, and you're being lied to as to the reasons for something happening. Always. Always remember that. Now, into the austerity movement, it's all part of it too. Austerity must all be managed by the, by the top socialists, their lives must get managed completely by experts, you understand, because we're too dumb and stupid to do it ourselves. And they want us all in the, uh, crammed into cities and living in what they call human corridors only. And even then, the corridors in the rural areas will only be, there'll be people who work with forestry for the government and things like that will be allowed to live in them. You won't be able and you'll be able to get off the land. That's all getting the big push now. Big push. Big, big push now. You can't sell your home unless you get it thermally tested. Yada, yada, yada. Uh-huh. Freedom, eh? Freedom. You better understand what you're living under, folks. But it's up to you. It's up to you. I've always said that democracy means that if the, if the bulk of the population have been completely fooled, conned, and trained to believe the lies, there's nothing you can do about it. That's why the big boys love democracy. It's easier to train most of the people. And that's true, they, they, they know that, then they've got books about it too. And they're higher psychological books that they, they train their own people with. And statistics, etc. So South Australia now, power prices to rise to the highest in the world on Saturday. And here again, that word energy expert warns. An expert, ooh. So Thagnus is an expert here. South Australia will overtake Denmark as having the world's most expensive electricity when the country's major energy retailers jack up their prices on Saturday. 
Residential customers will see an average rise of 18% under AGL, 19.9% from Energy Australia, and 16.1% with Origin Energy. That goes into different companies and so on as to why it's all supposedly happening. But it says these things are complex. Just because the statement might be true for the representative customer, it might not mean it's true for you. So which is it? It's going up or it's not? What is it, what is it trying to say here? He said the price Australian customers, particularly South Australian's customers, were currently paying for power exceed the actual value of electricity as a resource. I think it's surprising that power prices have continued to rise as they have, and the latest increases are remarkable. The household price going up by around a fifth on top of the existing prices is extraordinary, etc., etc., etc. Now, that's the same stuff we're hearing in Canada. We've had articles recently about that in the last few months about folk can't afford their power bills anymore because the government's given them the right to just keep jacking them up as part of the austerity plan, folks for folk who don't get it. Now, with all these prices going up, as I mentioned last week, do you really think those of you who can, if you all go into these silly little electric cars that are only a temporary measure until there's nobody can drive on the road, including the ones that presently have the electric cars because they cost them, and maintaining them too, and buying new batteries, etc. for them, uh, do you really think that you're able to afford to charge. If, if, say, thousands of people, I mean, millions of people, have to charge their cars, and you're already going broke because you can't afford the electricity, what do you think is going to happen when you start charging your cars in the near future? It's all planned this way. Can't you figure that out? Hmm? And when you have no other choice left, you've had it. That's also been worked out by the big boys. That's how they work it with you. This article too. Here's how they blame the farmer. It's so beautiful. They blame you for everything. You see, they, you breathe out carbon dioxide. You're evil. Oh, you should die, depending on your status in society. I mean, most of you should all die. Not the wealthy elite, not the Bill Gates types. No, no. They must be. They need to run the world. Well, I thought that's what governments were for. Well, not anymore, according to the CFR. Remember, I read their articles a few years back? Well, they said it was time for all the, the philanthropists and the big foundations to take their place in governance. Well, did, did you ever vote for them? Of course you don't. But they're telling you the truth because, you see, you're not run by governments anymore. Your governments don't listen to you. Nope. Your governments will listen to the occasional minority here and there and make a big, big show of it to make folk think that that's what it's all about now. What about all the rest of you? Including the so-called minorities. If you can't afford anything, you're all screwed. Anyway, why farmers are to blame for the high electricity bills? In other words, here's government, again, with their, with their as they say in Canada, they use the carrot and the stick on us. That's their own words, by the way, from government. If you would just avail themselves, you see, of all these audits, energy audits that the government will do for you to help you, tell you where to turn off it, use off-peak electricity and so on, and they could work it out for you. And they would let government run your life for you. And then you might save a few pennies here. So it's your fault the electricity price has gone up because you won't listen to them. That's what they're telling you. I can't believe Australians are going along with this stuff because at one time Australians used to 
have some uh, gohonas, as I say. Same as everybody else, but I think it's probably all the all the glycophosphates were eating with their foods. They're doing away with that too. Actually, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but you're getting all this kind of stuff here. Now, here's an article too. I've, men- I've mentioned other ones before over the years. Because you'd, you'd like to people, they try and stimulate some thought with people and some, in- some righteous indignation. If folk could get a little bit of pride back for righteous indignation, right? You know, this rewelding stuff, it's all done with the big boys, who are the eugenicists at the top. I've got lots of articles here, by the way, of really who's behind it all. And I don't really mean that, but eugenics, eugenicists, etc. They want to really cull down the population. But here they're using the excuse of repopulating Scotland, for instance, and parts of England, uh, with bear, which are long extinct in, in Britain, and and wolves. Hmm? Now, the reason they're, they're pretty extinct is that you cannot have all these people living and, and feeding themselves and so on with wolves and bear around. That's why they went extinct. But these guys know better. They want to bring them all back again. Well, all the, you people are still alive, living, and uh, and I'm telling you, I've, I've read the articles in Canada years ago too, where they had amazing things happening here with big wildlife, uh, out, out west for instance, with these big pumas and etc. they're bringing in, or these, these mountain lions dragging folk off. A bicyclist had to stop and try to beat the thing off with his bicycle as it, as it was pulling a woman. Uh, up up, uh, up, the banking from the road. <laughs> Quite amazing, it was a few years back. So, but these, these, these evil, evil creatures that run these big foundations and so-called charities, they sound all official, you see. They want to, see, they want to be all official, but you don't elect them. Don't forget that for a, for a second. The Wildwood Trust, it says, which has successfully helped reintroduce beavers, water voles, pine martens, and dormice to parts of the UK dormice, eh? where they have become extinct, now wants to start rewilding the country with larger creatures. Well, get, tell them to get off their bike, for goodness sake, and go somewhere else. Where they, Get an island for themselves, this Wildwood Trust, where they can live on the island with all of these big creatures and bears and wolves. Let them do that. It's a big experiment to see what will happen there. And before you test it out and all the rest of the poor, useless eaters, as I'm sure you'll call the people. Because all the eugenicists do. And the experts say it here, it'll help kill off the burgeoning deer population. Because there's not enough things to kill them off. Well, the reason for that is because the people, even in Scotland, were not allowed to hunt the darn things. Because all the lords owned the land, and the lords still own the land, and they own all the deer that, that live on them too. But no, let, let, let bring in the wolves to kill off the deer instead of letting the people do it themselves. And maybe they could feed themselves some decent food for a change instead of all this poisoned GMO, pesticide-laden nonsense that they're eating. Hmm? But again, that's too logical when there's a big agenda to do the opposite, eh? And bring down the population. 
I can remember when they introduced different kinds of eagle-type uh, creatures in, in, in Scotland, a bit different from the osprey in a sense. But they, and some of them were attacking people coming out of a church one Sunday, including the minister who was standing outside shaking their hand, who was hands as they came out, and they attacked people's faces. You know. Why, I don't know. But yeah, I, who needs the bears? Who needs bears coming through? Especially in the rural areas and so on. Hmm? In a country where, where people can't even get uh, basic firearms, to even save themselves if they have to. Because, because big charitable trusts have decided, in collusion with other charitable trusts, that this should be done. And there's always these big, again, philanthropists now that are running the world for us. We don't vote for them. Here's one here, too, uh, about Bill Gates. Oh, he comes out with another big scare. <gasps> Deadly mosquito-borne pandemic poses a greater threat to humankind than global war and could easily wipe out 10 million people, Bill Gates warns, he says. Wow. Not 10 million in one or... No, he's, he's so accurate, 10 million, he says. Wow. Again, they give you the big scare scenarios. An outbreak could mimic the damage of the Ebola epidemic in late 2014. Well, that was a flash in the pan for most folk. Or the burden of that deadly SARS outbreak in 2003, which again was a flash in the pan and only hit a small... It was actually ethnically created for the Chinese peoples, by the way. China complained about that. Because they knew darn well it came from a laboratory. But um, And again, it was people returning from these parts of China where it already had, had broken out. But, uh, but yeah, it's great to scare folk without giving them all the rest of the news or the evidence or whatever. Eh? And Bill Gates is heavily involved in going around the world, supposedly, to, to help people. He wants to help people. He's, he's worried about overpopulation, but he wants to help people at the same time. That's nice of him, isn't it? Isn't it sad that the rubbish were fed by these characters, eh? Remember reading articles a while back, too? Remember? Where uh, they'd, they'd gone through using the United Nations, World Health Organizations, etc., etc., and again the different ones with the, the different foundations, charitable foundations, helping them uh, vaccinate different parts of, of the world and give a polio vaccine out, and it was the oral stuff they used, you know, and to India, and and then and their own they had to admit themselves, they had to admit that they, they created a new strain of polio. That was untreatable. I mean, it was literally out of control. There's nothing to, you know, to prevent it. It actually created a new type of, of polio in the people that gave it. So. And many of the folk ended up, and the children ended up with paralysis. But these facts don't matter. Folk, see, facts don't matter when there's something else going on here. Yeah. And then they'll come back. Oh, how can you hit these charities? How can you be like that to these charities? They only want to help people. Well, do your homework. And you find out about the big eugenicists and the big eugenics clubs they have. And how all, all of them at the top complain about too many of you. And yet they want to help you at the same time. Hmm? They want to depopulate, but they want you to be healthy in the meantime. Is that, is that what it... You try and reconcile that in your head, and good luck. Good luck, folks. It's sad, isn't it, how we're all trained to be naive, trusting, 
fools hmm? and victims. The world could be such an amazing place if it wasn't for all the psychopaths running it. And psychopaths love to get, they, they do, they're not just loners, they love to get together in their clubs, etc., and form clubs and to get more power over all of the rest. Because where else does their money and their power come from? All power and money comes from the people. By fleecing them and taxing them and overcharging them for everything and so on and so on and monopolizing everything they need to live and making sure they get governments to forbid them to go here or go there or plant stuff here or plant stuff there. Oh, I can't have that. Mm-mm-mm. Quite something. And we're taught this is all quite normal. And now you need to get taxed on all your energy of all kinds of energy. Technocracy Inc., remember? And again, I've put up the, the site so many times, but you can find it, Technocracy Inc., the handbook from the 1930s, where they'll charge you for every bit of energy that you use. That's the new currency, is energy credits, just like carbon credits. Planned a long time ago, backed by the Rockefeller boys and other big so-called philanthropists of the day, the front men with their big, big organizations, because that's what they are. And you're not run by democracy. You never were, but that's the con. And if you can get governments to start listening to you and do the right thing, (laughs) that would be a real miracle. And I don't really mean a miracle because there's nothing, there's nothing going to stop them uh, in their tracks to make them start listening to you and do the right thing. It's not going to happen. Why should they? They know who their bosses are. Now, having got into even the news about the Middle East, you know darn well it's a matter of time as as they get the troops all set up for the wars on Syria. Uh, from America, wars on Syria and Iran, because it's been promised, as you know, to somebody else. (laughs) It's part of the old, old agenda. Sad, isn't it? That we live through all this stuff, and we're getting nothing but rubbish now. Absolute, it used to be called tabloid trash for news now, isn't it? It's all sex, and ooh, wow, and... And look at that orgy at Oxford University, but the students, oh, wow, ooh, all this, ru- this, is, this is what they're giving you, the tabloid trash, or emotive topics that have no, no, no meat in them at all, as the story goes, and, and they're completely irrelevant to the real big agenda that you're living through. Well, I've got some rain again scheduled for the rest of the week again. So no doubt I'll be washed away by the by then. From myself, Alan Watt from Ontario, Canada. It's good night. May your God or your gods go with you.